everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Actually, a double date with Dateline. It's been so long, I totally forgot. Double date. Yeah, it's a dubs. Um, Before we get into our dub, dub, dubs, which is the first time I'm calling it that, not going to do that again. Yeah, don't do that anymore. We have to tell you about a new show that we're obsessed with. Have you guys heard what Bob Ruff is up to in 2021? If you don't know who Bob Ruff is, who... Who, who are you, even, to not know who Bob Ruff is? I don't know why That's, you're here if you don't know who he is. We, yeah. There's, some, there's a disconnect. You're obviously not listening because we talk about him all the time. Yeah. Bob is the host of the hit true crime podcast, Truth and Justice. We were recently guests on it. I don't But that's not what this is about. And he's just launched a new show, and that's what this is about. There we go. It just started. We're completely obsessed with it. And... We're going to be guests on this new show. Fingers crossed. Just keep being nice to him, Katie. Keep being nice to him. Absolutely. It's easy. Uh, It's a really cool concept of a show. It's called True Crime Binge. True Crime Binge is being described like a true crime podcast lover's version of Rogan. Gotcha. I gotcha. I feel like that's a good description Mm -hmm. so every single week bob is joined on the show by another true crime podcast host it's a great way to get to know the podcast hosts that you already love in a different way and discover other new shows that you might not even be aware of bob really is good at getting his guests to open up he got us to open up i like more than i wanted to it's almost like a still embarrassed yeah i don't i don't know how he's doing that it's almost like he's your psychiatrist it's like lucy in the booth and you walk up is that what's happening like in charlie brown and he's getting you to reveal secrets about yourself yes i like that learn about these podcast hosts personal life the way that they produce their podcasts and then there's always a discussion about the actual case of the week you'll hear bob and nick from two crime garage pick apart the delphi murders (gasps) oh i'm so obsessed with the delphi murders Oh, and Christine from And That's Why We Drink break down the triumphant story of Miriam Rodriguez's hunt for her daughter's killers and a ton more. And here's the best part. True Crime Binge is the perfect place to find another new true crime podcast to binge. That's what this is all about, right? Yeah, because I just finished binging two and I'm currently binging two right now that are almost over. So I will need some more to binge. Well, then this is it. Download and subscribe to True Crime Binge today wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Check it out. You might just find your next True Crime Binge. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much, Bob. We love You're you. You're the best. Please have us on again. Check is shameless it out, guys. begging inappropriate? It is inappropriate, but um, welcomed. I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm okay with it. I'm very excited for him. This is a cool new direction for him to it's have. It's cool because he gets to be funny, too. And on tr- Truth and Justice, he has to it's be a serious. little more serious. So a lot more serious. So this yeah. is where he gets to show some of his personality. This is great. It's such a such a cool thing. And it's great for true crime podcasters to, like, talk to each other. It's good. Yes. They can all, like, because everyone's got theories and ideas. So it's mm-hmm. great. Speaking of theories and ideas... Are you ready for a double date? What tune was that? I just made it up. What do you think? Then yes, I am. Mm, Okay. Are you ready for this double date? Because we are back with Betrayed. I love Betrayed. I know you do. It's quickly becoming my favorite ID network show. 
It's a special show. If you guys are confused as to what Betrayed is on the ID network, we have done multiple Betrayed episodes because the victim speaks in first person and narrates their own demise. Yeah. And like leads us through in the voiceover form from the grave. From the grave. Yeah. It's great. It's so, ghoulish fun. Ghoul- is it ghoulish? It's not that ghoulish. The music is always kind of like they make it not Yeah, but ghoulish. then they're like, and that's the spot where I died. Still with music that does not, even <laughs> do, if it's do, scary, do, 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 do. doesn't And one make of these it. people is the one who killed me. Let's yeah. find out which one it is. Do, 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 do. Unfortunately, these are true stories, but it makes it feel like they're not true stories a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of distance. Um, so we are on season four, episode seven, Unholy Alliances. I don't. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. No. No, because I was thinking it was right away it's going to be the pastor. Yeah, it's like, I'll yep, bet you it's were. the pastor. But well, then now the you pastor, just told everyone. The pastor is being interviewed throughout. So That's you're true. like, it's probably not the pastor. <laughs> this isn't a dateline. They don't try to fool you with like, no. oh, he's actually in prison. Mm-mm. It's really not a great title for this one. It's such a bad title, in fact, that when I had to go tell you what it was called, I had to re-look it up because... I assumed it was called The Beast or The Woods or there was like a four or five things that themes that run throughout. Well, no. the other betrayed that we did with the woman that was in the church choir that was also a go. church secretary. That one well, could they called that. Hell's Bells. This one should have, I, that one should have been called that. All right. I need to speak with the EP on this, this one should have been I, called My Daughter Has Garbage Taste in Men. Yeah. Vicky's Broken Picker. Yeah. So we open up in 2002. We're in Lake Luzerne, New York, and our narrator is a woman named Dorothy Finelli. She doesn't need much to get by. She just needs a loving family. She needs the great outdoors. She needs a good Canadian tuxedo, because don't I we was, all? That's the first thing I wrote down. Mm-hmm. All, all denim outfit. All day, every day. Our reenactment actor playing Dorothy is delightful. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. I could see her in other things. She has a short gray pixie haircut and she is in full denim with a belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She looks great. So what she doesn't need, she needs family and great outdoors, but what she doesn't need is to be surrounded by men with dubious intentions and ill repute. Unfortunately, she tells us that right off the bat. That is what she's surrounded with. And we meet them all in the first one minute and seven seconds of this series. They run through. So mm-hmm. they're all in the area. So in the reenactment, it's like It's like a play the way they do that. Well, they yes. have someone walk from one side of the stage to the other. Hey, so-and-so, it could be that guy that's going to kill me. It oh, is. and there's the guy working at the pharmacy. Hi, Mr. So-and-so, he might kill me. Except it's... It's much, it's much more dramatic than that. It's, yeah. hi, Joey, tell your mom I'll stop by later. And then it's lights down, turn to the audience. Was it Joey who was my murderer? And then lights back up and she's walking. We play ever. No, this could be made into a really unenjoyable play that we could make people sit through and then at the end would have to say, oh my gosh, how did you guys think of that? That was so good, but it's bad. There's an SNL skit that they did a bunch of times, which was like the I know theater it. group in college oh, yes, I know or grad it. school. I know it. I know it well. Yeah, it would be exactly mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. 
and people would walk out. Lights down. Lights up. Yeah, it's so, oh, I can't. All right, we can't. And then there's the music in between. Yeah. All the fit. Okay, we can't. So good. <laughs> we gotta stay on topic. It's so so um, that makes my hands sweat watching those. By the way, it makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable. You're like, were ours that bad? It's, it's no, it's just too close to home. Like it's too much. I know it too well. And there were always a few things in theater class where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we are those people. We are the people. No, but that, that definitely would have been one of the things. There were a few exercises yeah. that I was like, really, yeah. all right. Okay, anyways. I'd like to apologize so, to all of our parents for putting them through having to see shows like that. I don't know how many of my parents actually came to. I'm not apologizing. They should have been at every darn <laughs> one. So anyways, so we're meeting our cast very, very quickly now. Her daughter, uh, Dorothy's daughter, Vicky, rolls up in a car with two grandsons and some ne'er-do-well gentleman named George who's passed out in the front seat. We find that out right away. And Wait, which one's George? Is he... A long hair metal metal head. Oh, the looks... long, the blonde one. Yeah, blondie. So he's um, um ne'er do well number three in the daughter's life. I'm I'm doing them in the order that they appear right okay. now. So okay. we will come back to who exactly they are. I'm just okay. running through how we met him really quick. Gotcha. So George is passed out in the passenger seat, and something along the lines between an exchange between Dorothy and Vicky of "Don't start, mom." Okay, so Dorothy then walks around to the side and of the house. And you know what? Don't bring garbage into your mom's life. You don't know Vicky. that yet. Stop, stop. Hold your anger for a minute. Let me get through this. She runs around from the side of the house. There are two uh, more ne'er-do-wells there. Somebody named Trevor and a guy named Heath are loading lumber into a truck. Dottie comes up and tells them, hello, God be with you, whatever. And then as she's walking <laughs> away, she gets a phone call from somebody named Curtis. Curtis is in his car, and he wants to have dinner. And she tells Curtis, no, Curtis, you have to stop calling me. And as she's hanging up the phone with him, another car pulls up. <laughs> and it's Michael, some guy named Michael, who we immediately recognize as an ex-husband, because she says to him, your custody payment is late again, Michael, and your boys are inside. So... We're the getting... daughter's ex-husband, to be clear. Correct. It is definitely Vicky's ex-husband. All these boys are around, these gentlemen are around the same age. They're all like late 30s. And we get them within the space of a minute. All of Except them. Except for boom, the boom, one boom, on boom. the phone. He's of Dottie's age. No, he is age appropriate if Dottie wanted to date him. But she very clearly does not based on her phone call. Who has this many men on a rolling type just the train just keeps a just a b c d e every single it's all it's only on betrayed that there are this many suspects very very rarely on dateline are there more than two suspects yeah well we're definitely only hearing about two yeah definitely on betrayed it seems like there are yeah there are many you gotta take a good hard look in the mirror if you think to yourself, I might get murdered, and they will have no idea which person did it. Take a good hard look, because there is a situation that needs to be addressed. Well, no, I think that we're back where that victim thing, what I'm surprised at is the person that actually died is Dorothy and not Vicky. So let's mm -hmm. get into it, because she's got that, what is that, high victim, I forget it every time. High, high risk. risk personality. That's it. Yeah. High risk lifestyle. Something like that. 
So now we flash to 2001, which is really where that's our exposition is now over. We're moving on. 2001. Yeah, one of these fellas is going to kill me. Yes. And then we rewind. 2001, where Dorothy tells us that her good friends call her Dottie. It's very cute. I was very excited because you and I both love a good dot and a dotty. Mm-hmm. So immediately we are her friends. So she tells us she's a widow and she's putting on her cowboy hat and going outside to ride her horse. And we're told by one of our interviews that she would go out every day on her horse with her cowboy hat and her six shooter pistol mm-hmm. in a holster. There she goes. There goes Dottie in upstate Annie New York. Oakley. I love it. I really I like Dottie. I like Dottie with her six shooter pistol, but I immediately thought that the six shooter pistol was foreshadowing. It's Chekhov's gun, but it turns out to not be Chekhov's gun. That's exactly. Yeah. I wanted to pretend like I knew that reference, but that would be a lie. <laughs> Is that from Hedda Gabler? What are you talking no. about? It's like a it's a a, a a theater trope. From what play? From what Chekhov? It's not from a play specifically. It's from a Chekhov like theory, which is that if you have a gun like on the wall or featured somehow in the very beginning of the play, it has to come back as being important, or else it shouldn't be there. I feel like I could have totally unlearned that and been fine, and now I know it again, and now (laughs) I'm I'm upset. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Okay, so Vicky who we've met in our first minute, is Dottie's daughter. She lives nearby. They're fairly involved in each other's lives because it seems like Vicky is not making strong choices in the men department. So no. I am. So Dottie needs to be involved because Vicky needs some assistance. But not like... In, the, in this, it's not shown that like Vicky is helpless. Vicky is just making kind of weird man choices for whom she's spending... Her time with. Yeah, and who she's bringing into her children's lives. Yeah, it's a little interesting. And who she's opening her wallet to. Well, that seems to be the biggest thing. So right out of the gate, we meet Heath, who was one of the people hauling lumber from the beginning. And in 2001, where we are now, he is Vicky's current boyfriend. Um, He had apparently bought a truck using Vicky's credit to buy the truck. And he's not exactly making the payments this comes up maybe 50 times in the episode about him making the truck payments the truck so is so a Chekhov's gun that i was okay i'm gonna kill you that i was <laughs> like i can't hear about the truck payments anymore i can't hear about it i can't yeah i we assumed have to be it done. was gonna be a truck like an actual construction truck. I don't even know what I was picturing, like no. a cement truck or something. Because I've... they kept saying how crucial it was to his business. Hmm. But it Here's is the just a pickup truck. I think you're like me. You're underestimating how expensive a pickup truck is. Yeah, I probably am. But Incredibly who told him he had expensive. to get a brand new one? You're underestimating how much a used pickup truck is. Even if they bought it with like 100,000 miles off the lot, it's still like... Unless you have like at least over 10 grand to Mm. turn over, you're making payments on that truck. There's no way around it. And he probably did need some extra stuff because they talk about a trailer and things like that. So he needed things with like a hitch. You know what I'm saying? He needed bells and whistles on it. Yeah. So he is upfront cost to starting a business. He. Yeah. 
And he has a he has a construction business. That's the business. But the truck was the big deal. And Vicky helped him buy or Vicky bought it on her credit. Um, So they're all sitting around a dinner table. And Heath proves to the audience uh, in the reenactment enactment that he is a champion of a boyfriend by saying, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? In front of her two children. Who then, then like, kind of laugh. They don't know what it means, but they're laughing because he's laughing and thinking it's amazing when he's disparaging their mother. Yeah, no. Get him out of here. No. No, thank you, ma'am. So many red flags, Vicky. Good day, sir. I said good day. Get your George Michael facial hair out of here, Heath. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he is a little bit whammy, isn't he? So, uh, wait, George Michael. Yeah. Okay. Not George Michael Bluth. No. Okay. So he comes into play later. We'll see if you caught it. Dorothy was also involved in the church. She helped the pastor with administrative details. She was like the administrative assistant that sat in the front. I think she was basically his assistant. Yeah. Right. The reenacted activist has the pastor coming in and they're having a conversation that this starts off normally. This was the only scene I was not a fan of Dottie. The only scene I was like, oh, I would not be friends with her. I don't think this seemed very forced, and I'm sure the actress didn't want to do this, but they needed this scene to get to the next scene, so I get it, but I feel like this wouldn't have happened in real life. It this felt like seemed- it was not as well rehearsed as the other scenes or something. Like, she was, it, the line reading was really weird. The, the way lines the were was weird. Doing it. The, the lines, lines were weird. Were, were weird. This is one thing when I was like, you needed to maybe not do this this way okay so let's explain what's happening so the the pastor's coming in and they have starting to have a normal conversation about oh you made cookies and you're wonderful and blah 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 and he takes Dottie one sort of, first thing in the morning it's fine cookies yeah what are you i'm sorry are you judging that no i'm saying like let the man sit down first and put down his coat no, he's coming. It's like a long thing. It's fine. He's all right. He comes. And so Dottie is saying to him, so Pastor, can I ask you a question? As he's walking to his office. As he he's walking wants, to his he door. He just wants to sit down and put his briefcase down. He does just kind of want to put his stuff down and maybe get a cup of coffee. But she's needs him to just 8 a.m. straight out of the gate. Is there anyone that you can think of to set me up with? Because you know my husband has been dead for five years. Um, n- no, I, I not off the top of my head, but I'll think about it. Takes okay. one more step towards the office. Yes, I can. Well, finally wait, be wait, done. wait. Let me ask you: What do you think about internet dating? Um, I don't. I don't have any. Th- Is the phone ringing? I gotta. Um. Gotta go. Um, let me just put this down. Let me give it some thought. Okay. It is a little bit like she is bombarding him with her personal life first thing in the morning. Yeah. Like she had waited five years yeah. after her husband had passed yeah. to have this conversation with the pastor. Let him have this coffee first. This didn't happen. This is why it's awkward because I don't think Dottie ever did that. I don't think any of this happened. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't feel like she was... It makes her seem like that other one, the other church secretary from that other betrayed. Uh And she's not like that. Not even a little bit. No, I think Dottie was very nice and just decided to internet date. But basically the whole scene is to set up that now we're flashing to her going on an internet 
on a date with someone she met online. She starts to internet date. And we meet Curtis, who we've already seen because he's in the car calling her at the beginning of the episode. And Curtis, I immediately have very strong feelings in the negative for because she comes up to their meeting for the first time and she says, oh, hello, nice to, and he goes, I'm a hugger and goes in for the hug. That's a date ender for people that aren't touchy. That's Personal it. Personal boundaries. I mean, that's it, right? You, well, I'm asking it was, you personally. It, was, it wasn't as much that. It was the next thing he said. It is the next thing. But I mean, <laughs> that alone, That alone, me, I would be would like, be, wow, ask. I mean, I don't know if I would say, like, maybe you should ask first. Maybe I would. I'd be like, because this was not in 2020, 2021. This was in 2001. I would also be like, okay, we're we're done. Because then he did the hand on the back, which to me is worse than the hug. The mm. hand guiding on the back. Don't. If it's gentle too. A gentle no, hand on the back. stop a gentle hand. Uh, no, no gentle hands. No gentle, no gentle hands Curtis of any kind. oozes creepiness. She, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a super creep. He's like, a super creep. Super the creep. hair on my arm stands creepy. right up the second he appears on screen. He's not great. And so then t- the next moment we see Curtis, they, he's giving a toast. They're having dinner and they have glasses of wine. And would you like to, to Oh, no, say mine was said? not that part. Mine was before that, which is when she says, you must be Curtis. And he says, guilty as charged. Which oh, I, that didn't occur to me. not my That seems like par for the course. I was like, yeah. yeah I just we think we that. should retire that phrase. Oh, okay. Let's get rid of it. I don't like it. Um, so the toast, he says, <laughs> to new friends. New lovers, maybe? That's the nail in the coffin. Can, do I have to get rid of that phrase? Do you have to just get... Do you Would you just get up and leave? Would you fake a call? Would you say, I'm sorry, this just isn't going to work for me? No, you would go through. You're very polite. You would go no. through. You're too polite. No, you and I need some sort of a system code. where... Uh-huh. But like a code that's short, like maybe a number. Like mm-hmm. I could text you mm-hmm. L3. Mm-hmm. And that would mean, call me right now. Right. And then we do a full acting exercise about yeah. something awful's happening. Absolutely. Yeah, you're at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I can do, totally do that. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of that the other day when I was walking. I was thinking, what if I was being held hostage? What would I say to Katie so she would know that it wasn't me and that I wasn't okay? I would say, let's go for burgers. I think you would call me a name you don't call me. You'd Catherine. Need to- I would say, Kate. You've never called me Kate. You'd say Kate. But then that wouldn't, because Catherine might alert them, but Kate wouldn't. Yeah. Say, hey, Kate. I'd be like, nope, kidnapped. I'm calling the cops. I love jicama on my salad. Things I would never say. No, no. It's got to be simple and something, because they'd see jicama and be like, what are you texting Hickama? They'd want you to text something normal. So you're using my name, which is something that's normal in a text. You're using my name in a different way. Does that make Hi, sense? Kate. And I would call you Kim. Yeah. So That'd if I weird. said Kim, so basically what Bob Ruff called us is our <laughs> emergency code for each other for being kidnapped. We still kidnapped. love him. We don't care. Don't care. He that's can call how much whatever we he like wants. Him. That's yeah. how much. Uh, so yeah, lovers in the toast is not good. So now, Doc oh, and pulls- he winks. Is that the point when he winks? He winks at several points. I only saw one wink in the whole thing. Did he wink at that point? He winked at during the dinner. I just can't remember if it's at that part. It must have been at that part. 
Oh my goodness, that's not okay. And you know what? Speaking of which, going out to restaurants is just a real bummer. I think it's probably best at this point that we just stay home mm-hmm. and use America's number one meal service, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with easy and convenient no-contact delivery. If you're like me, you're busy with your church, your daughter, the horrible men in your daughter's life. It's Mm -hmm. a lot. Who has time? HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they have easy ways to eat healthy, which I've been trying to do. They have low-cal. They have carb-smart. They have vegetarian, pescatarian options. I do the vegetarian. Everything is so amazing with fresh produce sourced directly from farmers. This week, I'm making barbecue flatbreads and chickpea fritters, which is something I would never, ever be adventurous enough to try. I feel like you're going to love that. at a restaurant, and I know I'm going to love them because the picture makes it look just amazing. There's nothing about that that you won't like. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, And these meals are just so good. I will definitely avoid going on any weird internet dinner dates with men who use the word lover. I will stay in the safety of my home. Also, I'll be cutting down on grocery bills. You can save up to 40% off instead of shopping at your local store when you go with HelloFresh. That's because everything is pre-portioned, you're not overbuying, and you're not throwing away extra stuff because no one needs that sort of extra guilt in your life. You're not wasting food or money. If the recipe calls for four teaspoons of dill, that's how much they're sending you. So you're Mm -hmm. not beating yourself up for buying extra dill. Not this time. Not again. Kimberly, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I won't. It's. Deal with it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do those jokes. You, you know can't. I can't. Anything with deal in it. Anything with deal in it. The I green new deal. I can't do it. It's too stressful. But what's not stressful is HelloFresh's Easy Eats offering, which has tons of quick and easy meal solutions. They have like 10 to 20 minute meals. How fast is that? And they have quick breakfasts and lunches. Perfect for your busy schedule. Basically, HelloFresh has you covered from morning to night if only you'd let them in the door. And why not? You're letting in all of your daughter's terrible boyfriends in your door. So eh. let let in some food. Yeah. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline10 and use code Dateline10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's amazing. Woo! I know. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline10 and use code Dateline10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping, and try out America's number one meal kit. You won't regret it. Bring, bring. Is this HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit? I've been expecting your call. Hello? I was never given a name. (laughs) If you're going to ruin my bit, then it's going to turn into a prank call. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yes, I do. (laughs) For some reason, that was so funny to me. Okay. All right, so now Dottie has had her date from hell, and she's pulling up to her dark house in the woods after her date, and Trevor is just standing there. Trevor, you may have forgotten at this point. Trevor is Heath's buddy, who was helping him load lumber in our first minute. The one who looks like um, Donnie Wahlberg? 
kind of. Oh, a little bit. Okay, I could see that. Definitely up Austin. I kind of thought he was hot. I'm not going to lie. He was one of these people, much like what's her name's boyfriend, Rebecca's son's, Rebecca's daughter's boyfriend, who looks good sometimes, and then other times you're yes. like, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then sometimes you're like, yeah. it's that face angle thing. I told you it's a real thing. It's a two-face. Mm-hmm. So he's just standing out there in the dark at night as she's pulling up, and she sort of lives in a rural area. She's got horses and stuff. Heath is apparently supposed to be meeting him there. You know, at midnight, because as you do in the construction but also, business. Who Dottie is so brave, like so much braver than I would be. She has a she has a pistol. She has a sword and a pistol by her side. Mm-hmm. She does not when she we- only wears it when she's out riding. She's in her car and she rolls the window all the way down. Who are you? What are you doing here? I would pee my pants, drive away, go get someone to accompany me back home. Well, then you need to spend 2021 reevaluating <laughs> and becoming braver. Because if I had a nickel for every time in the last, oh, let's say three months worth of episodes that you said, that's my biggest fear, I would be a rich, <laughs> I would have taken all your change by now. I would have systematically taken every bit of I'm your sorry, change. I'm sorry, a stranger standing in the dark outside of your house where you have to park and get out is scary for anybody. Not Dottie. Not Dottie, though. Nope. She, she's she she's a Dottie. She Dottie went a courting. She, she doesn't crack the window. She no. just, she unrolls it all the way, leans her head out. Who are you, fella? First of all, this is a dramatization. I'm not sure fella. if it happened this way. Also, you could kind of see who it was. Like, there was a light by the garage. But, but she didn't recognize him because she's like, who are you? What well, are you doing Well, because she's here? in her late 50s and she's looking around. Sorry, we also should, probably should have said that she is 58. It doesn't matter that much, but just for reference. She's a young 58, as the pastor says. She certainly is. So... Sword and pistol by his side. I know it's going to be in your head. Dottie went a court and she did ride. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dottie went a court and- Okay, anyways. So Heath and Trevor are supposed to meet up here in, in the midnight hour to load lumber. Dottie and Trevor have an awkward exchange and ask him, are you <laughs> one of those fellas that was in prison? Because apparently Heath likes to hire people that were in prison. That's not what happens at all. Heath has friends- that were in prison and told Dottie that he's helping people out by hiring them outside of prison, but these are actually his buddies. Let's get that straight right now. That's what's happening here, right? What do you mean? Heath is not going through a service to hire people no, trying no, to rehabilitate. No, no, I think they no. are both. I think they are his buddies, and many of them have done time because that's who he associates but with. But he did not tell Dottie that. He's telling Dottie that he's helping. Right. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, like a program. It's a church program or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but also, um, Dottie, that's kind of rude. Yeah, especially because he is hanging someone. out at your house at midnight. Yeah, that is, it's it's a weird, it's a weird question. Have you been in prison, fella? He, yeah. <laughs> she did say fella. She He looks down at her neck and sees this big glittery gold cross that was like, Two inches by two inches. It's the massivest. I didn't see it on her before, but all of a sudden, there it is Sparkly. on her chest with diamonds in it. Yeah, just begging to be robbed 
That's what I thought. I thought we were going, oh, he's going to rob her cross, but that's not where this goes. Trevor instead says, I'm here, but by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, ma'am. And I was like, oh, he's pulling that card. He saw the cross and Mm -hmm. thought, I need to play Mm -hmm. Christian, which seems to calm. It seems to work. Oh, immediately disarms her. Immediately. She's fine. She needs to watch more Dateline. Mm-hmm. Because immediately she's like, oh, well, he's a believer. He's obviously not going to hurt me. Because immediately I would be like, well, you're here to kill me then, <laughs> right? aren't you? Yes, we watched Dateline. You're definitely here to yeah. kill me if you're saying things like that. Um, so then she says, well, have a good night. And then just, God I don't know, you. I guess he just wanders off. Yeah, God be with you. And then we flash, of course, the camera flashes on Trevor's face looking very mean, very angry. Like, how dare ye? I and don't know. The screen goes black and white. They do those oh, black and white closeouts. It yeah. did. Yeah. All it right. freezes and turns black and white for dramatic effect. For con man. We don't know. Con. Well, I thought, Ex-con. oh, it's him. Because I forgot the show. The show does it differently. Like sometimes the, each person gets their own black and white freeze frame where you're like, oh, it's that person. Maybe it's that person. Maybe it's that person. But so far, it's been mostly this guy, right? So we're thinking, okay, it's this guy. I thought this guy had a good... Chance I did too. I jump. was. He was my number one. Well, we shouldn't. We're. I feel like we're giving it away. Okay. So no, that's I don't why think I we wanted are. to do I this episode. Her, her, him or Curtis, the the lover. Those are my number ones. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. The hugger or the con? Okay. Yeah. Ex ex con. So um, the next scene is a confrontation with Vicky's ex husband Michael, who is the one that pulls up in the car and she says, "Did you make your alimony payment?" Um, he. He belongs in a different story, in a different time. He is from a 1977 movie starring Robert Redford where mm-hmm. they are at Watergate. He mm-hmm. is has a full 70s floppy haircut and a thick Selleck mustache. Yeah, it's very strange. This is 2001. So I and he seems to be 6'7". How tall is that actor? <laughs> He reminded me a lot of an actor, and I can't think of who. He's imposing, and he looks yeah. like he should be wearing bell bottoms. So, yeah. um, anyways, maybe that's so we can differentiate. Like he was the first husband, so you can maybe we're tracking them by. Now that doesn't make sense because then the current boyfriend has really long hippie hair. It's not hard so, to tell them apart. They're all very different, but this guy seems like he should be flicking cigarettes in bell bottoms and like hanging out on a car with Matthew McConaughey. Dodging um, the draft. Yeah. So Michael is no good, though. Michael's a... He's... In this scene with Dot, he's looking like... He's run, rummaging around the house, looking like, where are my boys? Are my boys here? Like, he's he's being kind of like a... And she goes, are you drunk? I was just going to say he's being what you would say is a typical alcoholic. Yeah. Like an alcoholic ex-husband is who he's... That was his note for this scene, and that's what he's giving us. Yeah. So she asks him if he's been drinking because now we have to establish that he has a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. So now we know this. That's and all this scene alimony. is about. And she also asks him again if he's been ch- paying child support. So we have a theme in this, which is, are you paying... Are you paying, making the car payments? Mm-hmm. Are you paying? Tra- She's better than a debt collector. Dottie Let's is on it. say Vicky has a type. And the type is no money. Schlub. And type schlub. Addict. Ne'er do well. Yeah. 
good for nothing. Yeah. Um. So anyways, this is the gist we're supposed to get from this scene that Michael is also ex-husband Michael is bad and it seems like a lot of people um, uh, a lot of people owe Vicky money basically so Dottie then tells us in her voiceover that the woods are no place for the weak we must be vigilant because after all it's the woods where Jesus met the devil himself (laughs) is that true I don't know I was asking you is that like that, um, you know, that old, old story and they're in the woods and they're walking and there's... And That's there's... Hansel and Gretel? No, no. It's, um, it's, it's, um, it's not the one with like the baker and his wife and all those people are walking that... to town, but it's like one of the, it's like that era maybe. It's, it's like the crucible, but it's like people are walking into the woods and... Someone sees the townspeople all walking into the woods, and they're like, "Why are all these people, these good, these good folks of my town, walking into the woods?" And I think they follow them, and they see they're the all witch. going the to witch. this bonfire of devils and witches in the woods. Yeah, is it the witch? Is it that movie? The witch? No, it's not a movie. It's a, it's a, it's an old piece of old classic literature. That's that's um, Chekhov's hammer. Okay. Chekhov's gun. So, yeah. Sorry. Continue. I, that's on. what I said. Um, so I feel like I don't know that story. And I don't know if Je- and I don't know I don't know if Jesus is in that story. And she right. said when Jesus met the devil himself in the woods. Should we which Google makes me that? It's in the B I B L E. I don't I don't Did have any memory. Did Jesus meet the devil in the woods? It says I'm Did sorry, Jesus meet Jesus? the devil in the woods? Wait. No, it says desert here. Matthew 4, 1, desert. Oh, Jesus, Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness story. Yeah, I've never, look at, I have been to many a Bible study yeah. and I Matthew do not remember. Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The wilderness is not the woods. Okay. And that's how she's interpreting it. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to get into a theological argument with with Dottie Dottie or with the writers on this show because I have (laughs) questions about the writing later. So we'll keep going. (laughs) So eight months before the murder, Vicky comes over to her mom's house and she's got a black eye. So now things are getting kind of serious. She's still with Heath at this point. Heath, who is the friend of Trevor, who is the construction guy who, yeah, facial hair, who... um, just not paying for the truck. So Heath also, just like ex-husband Michael, has an anger problem and he has a history of domestic violence. So she uh, nicknames him Anger Boy. Like he's a superhero whose superpower is domestic violence. I, that's horrible. That's I horrible. felt like it's really bad. I felt like it was to lessen how scary he was. I kind of got yeah, it. Maybe, and I was maybe. like... It made me very sad. And um, it's almost like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. Like, you don't want Anger Boy to come out. Like, maybe right. sometimes he's... He, you want Happy Dude, not yeah. Anger Boy. So, right. Dot uh, Dottie tells that Vicky that, you know, he's got to go. Don't go back there. Your boys aren't safe. Just leave him. So, she does. And she moves on real quick. Because now it's time <laughs> to meet 
We've met ex-husband Michael. We've met Heath, boyfriend. And now we have boyfriend number three. This is number three. And this is George. George isn't an alcoholic, (laughs) but he is into drugs. So now we have a really confusing scene for me that I watched maybe 14 times. Yeah, me too. I don't understand what drugs we're supposed to be looking at when they zoom. So the first thing we see is a zoom in of an ashtray outside that has what appears to be cigarette butts and little orange Cheetos in it. Not Cheetos, because if you look closely to the right of the ashtray, what it was that? those orange peanut butter crackers that cut the sandwich crackers that come in the pack of six. So though it or cheese it's but it looked more what like are the drugs. So I look, yeah, I'm around around three times. I see no drugs. There were cigarettes. I mean, cigarettes are for sure an addictive su- substance. No, come on. That's but not, that's not it's, what she's talking about here. No, they're all making it. Yeah, it's confusing. So she goes in and can, what does she do? What, uh, she confronts him, but I don't remember she exactly says, what she says. She says, is that your drug paraphernalia outside on the table? That's it. I'm sorry, I didn't know that's the, the first thing she says. Yeah. Uh, she says paraphernalia, though. Yeah. And he says, okay, now George talks like Keanu Reeves, slowed <laughs> down and deeper. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Dolores. <laughs> My name is a Dolores. It's Dorothy. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. How, I can't even like do it. Like the Wizard it's of Oz. Like, it's it's like a super bro, but it's real deep. Yeah. <laughs> what is he? Why is he talking like that? Because he's on drugs. That was the note they gave him. You're on drugs, but then they forgot to put actual drugs in the close-up shot that they do on the table, even though it's in the script. I don't under. Okay. So at this point, I am thinking that he's a heroin addict. And so now I'm actively mad at Vicky because I'm like, first of all, you don't date a heroin addict unless you are also a heroin addict (laughs) because that's just- That's a good rule of thumb. It was very confusing. It's a really- Oh, and then he says, what are you, a narc? What are you, a narc? It's like a surfer, bro. What are you, a narc? Well, he has long, long blonde hair. So his character choice- was I'm a surfer guy who just watched Bill and Ted. And I'm also on drugs. Okay. And so it's like they've sped me down. Did you ever watch two times. Metalocalypse on t- Cartoon Network? No. For people out there that have watched Metalocalypse, he's like toky hair. He looks like a metal guitarist. He looks like he's in a heavy metal band. Yeah, I can see that. But then he talks like a surfer, and then he's also on drugs. He also appears to be five six. I don't understand. I don't know where they got these actors. Five, I don't six? know what's happening here. He's giant. Five six. Sorry, six five. Oh, six five. Okay. Is Dottie just maybe like four feet tall? I'd say she didn't look like it. Yeah, I. I think my size is all off on this. It just seems like all of these guys are super tall, and I think I'm used to actors being short, so it's confusing. Anyways. We meet George. It's a we don't know what's going on. We find out a little bit later. It's not a good first impression. It's not great. So meanwhile, 
Heath and Trevor are still around the house all the time because Heath is storing construction stuff on the property. Trevor is always like doing his best little Christian boy speak in front of Dot, but it's clear that Dot doesn't like either of them hanging around. And she also really, really, really wants Heath to pay for that truck. She's so upset about the truck. But she also says, no more shenanigans. What is that? Is shenanigans not paying for the truck? Or is it other shenanigans? shenanigans when you punched Vicky and gave her a black eye? Yeah. Are those shenanigans? I think that is. That might. I don't know. I don't know. I just would not have my daughters. I would have made him get his stuff out. Well, I feel like she's she's like, you know what? I'm a good Christian. I gave him my word that he could use my garage. I'm going to keep my word, even though he beat up my daughter and they broke up. And also, she very much favors Trevor in this whole conversation. Right. How are you, Trevor? How's your walk with God? And Trevor's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored, ma'am. And so <laughs> then she, she walks away and Heath immediately teases Trevor about, oh, you're religious now? So I guess you're not going to come to the strip club with me later. And Trevor at this moment shows himself to be the prince, prince among men that he is by responding, heck yeah, I'm coming. I need to worship at the altar of bodacious tatas. <laughs> oh my God. And it's at this point that I said, we're absolutely doing this episode. 100%. 100%. The next question I wrote was, who wrote this script? <laughs> who wrote Bodacious Tatas? And they made it sound like that was the name of the strip club. <laughs> like the name of the strip club was Bodacious Tatas. Or, or who says Bodacious? George, the surfer slash metal guy. Slash dopehead? Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. Who says Tatas? <laughs> Well, they were obviously looking for a word, but why didn't they just say a voluptuous women? Why did they have to reference a body? They had to reference a body part. Clearly, they couldn't get around it in the script. Well, I actually thought it was very specific. Usually the dialogue on these shows is much more generic, you know? But this that was, was really that specific. showed personality. You know what I'm saying? It's a terrible personality, but it showed some personality in the writing. You know, it gave it some flavor instead of the usual generic lines. I appreciated it. All right. Well, I guess I can appreciate good personality too. You know what else I appreciate? Good socks. Oh. I love Bombas. Let's get real. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Bombas has literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to just make them way more comfortable. I wear my Bombas every time they're clean. If they're clean, they're on my feet. And sometimes (laughs) I wear them multiple days because I love them so much. I also spend an exorbitant amount of time on the website for Bombas. I stare at everything they have 45 times. I've read every description. That's how much I like these socks. I like them so much that Kimberly told me which ones she wanted, and Mm -hmm. I decided she should also have these other pair, because I think these would work for her too, after reading the description. Kimberly, which socks do you have on the way to you right now? Um, I got the performance ones for when I do my walks, because I feel like they're going to be more cushioned on my heel. So I'm they excited. Are, and the best thing about all the performance socks is they're moisture wicking. So mm-hmm. like if your feet sweat, they're not like moving How around. How dare you? 
Oh, excuse sweat. me. No, the, if your feet if your feet sparkle, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're they're incredible socks. I'm also going to be trying the merino wool socks for the first time, which I'm very excited about. It's cold where I am, and a sock with merino wool in it sounds mm. delightful. And the thing is, I know that if Bombas makes them, they're just going to feel like a mitten on my foot. Oh, cozy. That's what I'm waiting for. And the best thing about Bombas, besides keeping your feet incredibly cozy, is that they give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks. Oh, that's and amazing. Counting. Ah. through their nationwide network of 3,000-plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's really, really important right now. Mm, so appreciated, I bet. I think that's such a great company with such a good message and such a good product. So give a pair when you buy a pair and Right now, get 20% off your first purchase. Woo! Oh, yay. At bombas.com slash date dateline. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash date dateline. Bombas makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. Bombas makes your feet happy, feet happy. I was trying to do something like a round. That was really cute. I like a round. Thank you. Thank you, Bombas. Thanks, Bombas. I can't wait to get mine. Oh, yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. So meanwhile, we're six weeks before the murder at this point. Michael and Vicky are arguing again. Michael, ex-husband Michael, in front of Vicky's house. And Dot walks up like the Terminator, just grunt, grunt, grunt across the <laughs> lawn. And Michael's upset. And as she is walking up, we see that in Michael's beat up car, like oh really God. beat up car. Vehicle people, transpo people did a good job. Oh, it boy. looked like the car he would drive. It. I don't know what was happening. There is a very, very sad blonde lady sitting in the passenger seat. And I was like, oh, no. And of course, as domestic violence number two, Mm -hmm. as Dottie's coming up to the car, we see that this blonde lady has a black eye. And she's very clearly ex-husband Michael's new girlfriend. So we have Heath beating up on women, ex-husband Michael beating up on women. All of these people should be in prison. But and he's yelling at his ex-wife why this sad lady looks on. So... (laughs) I think the only point of this scene was to show us that Michael is also abusive and, again, enforce how bad of a picker Vicky has. Yes. That's, that's the point. Yeah. I've, now we're a few weeks before the murder. Dot has gotten some calls from debt collectors regarding Vicky and unpaid bills. So The Vicky, truck. The truck. Exactly. All comes full circle. Vicky and Dot are sitting down to look at their finances. But if he doesn't, by the way, if he doesn't pay his alimony or if he doesn't pay his right, child that support, could just be her. Then she bills can't too. pay for truck. But she shouldn't be paying for truck anyway. Heath should be paying for truck. This is not good. Vicky and Dottie are sitting down to look at Vicky's finances, and George, of course, is there at the house, sitting creepily on the couch, and Dot is very worried. George leaves the room for a second to go get some firewood, and. 
Dottie tells Vicky how worried she is about George's influence on the children because she found a bong amongst the toys. Yeah, now at least that's paraphernalia. So at least they they got it right, but I feel like maybe that scene was supposed to come earlier or something. Uh, Because it doesn't, it didn't, I just... I feel like no one would say amongst the toys, number number one. Uh, number two. It was amongst the toys, though. Well, it was on the table. With I don't other think Dottie's toys. saying amongst. No, she's not. I would yeah. say amongst. I found a bong with the toys. Yeah. Amongst the toys. That would be for our play version, would yeah. say amongst uh-huh. the toys. I was here. I would say, whilst I was doing the laundry. Amongst the toys. Yes. I found it. Mm-hmm. The drug paraphernalia. And you have to enunciate really well. Yeah. Sorry. So now I'm upset because now we find out it's marijuana. And now I'm grumpy <laughs> because I was dead wrong. It's not black tar heroin, which is what I thought it was. <laughs> right. He's a pothead. Right. But I, if she, he probably He's should a be pothead. smoking it around these two young children anyways. Um, but then why don't we see a joint in the ashtray? Were we supposed to see a joint in the ashtray? I looked very carefully. It looked so like I. cigarettes and do orange you, crackers. Do you and I not know what Maybe a joint looks like? Maybe we don't know what a joint looks like. I did not want to admit that in this moment. <laughs> and now I'm feeling upset. And I have to go back no, and look because sure I feel like No, they for sure cigarettes. We probably missed something. There was probably, there was like ash and stuff in there, but it how do you tell? But it what? wasn't paraphernalia. No, it wasn't. There wasn't like a pipe no. or something no. sitting there. Like no. I was looking for a crack pipe. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. I was full on like, where's the pipe? No, yeah. not true. Is it possible this was looked like this bong type thing? Could that have been some sort of pipe for heroin? Or was it just for marijuana? Kimberly, that's like blown glass. That's not a, that's not like a. But could you? Could you? No. And here's the deal. Now, it may, now, keep in mind, this is what I'm trying to get to. This all makes sense now with George's, you're not a nork, are you? He's a pothead. That's why he's talking like that. Mm-hmm. I thought we had put that all together. Well, now we have. Okay, sorry. It's here now. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so she's worried about George's influence because he's a pothead, and this is not good. But also because he's leaving the the thing right with the toys out in plain view. That's of not the great. Grandchildren, but also I'm going to say of the three, Kimberly, he's the best of boyfriend. The three, he's the best boyfriend, and that's why also we get that reaction from Vicky, like chill, he's not that bad. Yeah, compared like, to my he's other, good. and I'm like, yeah, I feel like he might be just kind of a very chill dude. That smokes a lot of weed. Yeah. I'll take it for her at this I point, I mean, right? if it's like such a low step up. Yes. That it's almost a linear step. Mm-mm. But it's like no, a tiny from step from a up. domestic violence We don't alcoholic? know. Anyways, okay. The bongst amongst the toys. Then we get <laughs> a flash really quick of Dottie walking on her property. And she sees Trevor like kind of creepily peering in her windows and then quickly driving off. I don't know what we're... We're just supposed to believe that Trevor's a bad dude. We yeah. we already we got that from Bodacious Tatas though. We didn't need it any more. I did need the looking in the window because I still had a crush on Trevor at that point up until 
well, not really the tatas kind of threw me off. But when we saw him look in the window, I was like, oh, he has nefarious intent here with Dottie. Okay. So anyways, Dottie goes to church um, and the hugger is back. Curtis is back on the scene at church. She spots him in the back where he immediately invites her to dinner. Do you want to go to dinner tonight? I mean, tr- With the Curtis, arm, too. Yeah, like the he's, hand touching her arm again. She says, no, Curtis, I'm not going to dinner with you. I don't think we're a good match. And Curtis says, God put us in each other's life for a reason. And if it's not to be together, then it's for some other reason. <laughs> what? It's so creepy. Did he wink at that part, too? Because there's no. one scene in the church where he winks as well. Oh, he winks when, like, there's one scene when I didn't talk about it, when she turns around and is, like, looking around at the congregation, which, by the way, you never want to do in church. You're always going to catch the wrong person's eye. 100%. I can totally see that. Plus, mm-hmm. it's like she's doing it during the sermon, and it's almost like she's looking around to see, like, did you catch that, Janice? Mary Jane, did you hear yeah. what he did just said get- about gluttony? Mm-hmm. Curtis is a creep. That's the creepiest sentence you could possibly say. I don't know say. what he even is implying either. Like, I think I'm going to so murder you I'm and that's kill fate. You. Yeah, and it, that was like, fate. I'm God brought either, us together so that I could kill you. I'm either going to marry you or murder you. Right. Marry your murder. Yeah. It's like a fun new game on TLC. <laughs> I don't know. It's really creepy. So, also, has he never gone on a blind internet dating before? Does he think, does he rack this way about everyone? Also, I'm sorry, why is it 90 Day Fiancé called 90 Day Fiancé colon marry or murder? I guess you have 90 days to either marry them or murder them. The stakes are very high. The stakes all in. (laughs) Colon all in. (laughs) 90 Day Fiancé colon marry or murder colon all in. (laughs) High stakes edition. (laughs) The final... Final count. Final countdown. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's the so, final. We have and there's like a there's like a twenty four s clock that clicks down the ninety yes. days. It goes dong. Oh, that would so dong, ramp up dong. the tension. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have finally arrived at the night of the murder, and you know what that means. I know what that means. If you've heard one of our betrayed episodes before, you know what that means. Montage. A montage set to music, mm-hmm. and the music usually resembles some. Sometimes it's off. This was pretty right on of yeah. resembling the kind of like it was like a twangy southern song, and you see various all the various suspects and the victim what they're doing that night of the murder. Mm-hmm. So we see Trevor getting a crowbar out of the trunk of a car. Mm-hmm. We see Heath is driving and looking upset. Mm-hmm. We see George, long hair, walking out the door. He's quick. He sort of like walks, looks, walks. Mm. Curtis is looking at a website <laughs> that I paused on for way too long to Me try too. to read the reflection in his glasses. Because it's reflected backwards in the glasses. How smart Could you do they read think it? we are? Could you we read it? We are not that smart. Yeah. You could? Yeah. What did it say? Strangulation. He's looking up, it's in all caps, strangulation. But I 
for sure had to pause it to read it because how smart do they think we are that we can read a backwards reflection in someone's glasses? I couldn't do it. That's ill-lit off of a computer I'm, screen. I'm impressed that you did it. Um, strangulation. But also it and then like strangulation. A f- said strangulation. Like you would just look up a Wikipedia page. Strangulation. And, and it then would there be was across like a f- the top in 72 font? No. Huge font in all caps. And then it had a I, a drawing, I think, of, of a, a, woman? a woman's head like a woman's head like it was gonna have a diagram of where you should choke someone (laughs) it's so weird i feel like it would have been so much more subtle to just have him be on an online dating site right like looking for another yeah it's just as creepy yeah it's so dumb to have him that makes me know he didn't do it that's irritating. You're like, they wouldn't be that obvious. He was looking up. St- oh, I don't know how to do this. I better Google it. Oh, Curtis. Okay. I'm a and hugger, not a strangler. So, so you just like- hug them really hard, Curtis. That's how you strangle someone. You will hug them as hard as you can. Stupid. Okay. Sorry. So Michael is, and Michael, ex-husband, is drinking in the dark woods somewhere. And sorry, all throughout this, we've been having little snippets of Michael being like, I'm not an alcoholic while he's swigging a beer. That's oh happened my God, multiple yes. times. It's, I had to it, pause on that, too, because I was like, is that a beer? Yes, oh, they're doing that sort of thing. I got gotcha. She always said I was an alcoholic. I'll show her. Swigs beer, crushes I'd, it with his I'd hand, throws it. I'd murder them both if I wasn't still drinking. That's what he said. As I'm drinking. It's not subtle. So. No, it's not. Now we're in the morning time. The pastor arrives to the church. And for the first time, Dottie is not behind her desk at the front of the office. Peppering him with questions about her love life. About love. So the pastor immediately calls the cops because he's concerned because she would never just not show up. She would always call out or have something prearranged. The cops come and do a welfare check of the house, but they can see that the car, her car is still there and they hear something inside, but it's just the TV is on. So the officer's walking around the house and as she's doing so, Vicky runs up because Vicky doesn't live far away. I don't even know if I mentioned that. I probably should have. Vicky lives very nearby, runs up, says the church had called her. She runs, unlocks the door and Dottie isn't there. I'm going to state at this point that the actress that plays Vicky does a pretty good job of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. thought Vicky did great. I thought Vicky and Dottie were both very good. Aside from that one scene in the church office. Which yes. I'm not. I'm blaming the writer. Okay, that's fair. Okay. And normally the writers are good, but this was, that was, we needed a smoother transition. So You that's needed okay. some bodacious Tata writing in there. No, this writer, <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's a few things in here. So, and amongst the toys, I needed, <laughs> I just needed a couple more proofreads. So... Anyways, uh, so she, so she unlocks the door. Dottie's not there, but her purse is there. And yeah. nothing is missing inside of her purse. And remember, the car is there, which means this is very clearly not a burglary. Unfortunately, there are little pool or not little, sort of medium-sized pools of blood on the back porch and a huge chunk so of hair. So much hair. So I thought that much was fake. Hair. And then it says at the top actual footage. And I was like, well, that's horrifying. And if I was Vicky, I would lose my you know what. It was so it was like um you had one of those Eskimo dogs. 
No, it was like Bruce. And like just combed it, it was, out. Uh, and it was like Bruce after the, a brushing. The brush, the, you yeah. pull the hair clump off the brush. It's like a cotton so wad. That's what Bruce hair. looks like. Oh, it was so sad. Um, mm-hmm. So right away, obviously, this is a missing persons. And I'm like, obviously, right away, this is a murder. Oh, yeah. Which is so sad. So it looks like the confrontation had happened outside of the home. There's nothing in the house that's messed up. It was, wasn't something that started inside and went outside. All of this had taken place on the porch. Nothing is out of place. No forced entry. But there was the dinner that's still kind of on, that's half cooked and covered. What about it? Well, that's kind of how they knew it was at night, at least, that it happened. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because it was dinner. She has broccoli and they knew that's it was kind of dinner covered. Because it was broccoli. Yeah. It was like a full-blown adult dinner. Did it make you feel bad a little bit? A little, but not when oh. I have HelloFresh. <laughs> no, I know. HelloFresh. That's when I Hello feel Fresh like Hello makes adult. you feel like you're eating like an adult. That's exactly. the thing about it. You're like, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I had chicken piccata last night. Uh-huh. You yep. can say I had chickpea swallows, or what are they called? They're not called swallows. No. Uh, the the chickpea fritters. Yeah. See, that's going to sound fancy. That's yeah, how you ordered it. Barbecue flatbread. Yeah, that sounds like you ordered from BJ's or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, so now we're back in the reenactment. Vicky's talking to the police and saying the most unbelievable thing she says the whole episode, which is, "I don't know anyone who would hurt her." Vicky, except Vicky, Vicky. For my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriends. Plural. I, at that moment, I felt very bad for Vicky because we, Dot has not been shy about stating throughout this episode, Your Vicky's boyfriends are going to get me killed. <laughs> it's true. Your daughter's no, broken true. picker got her killed. That mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. Unless Ugh. it's Curtis. Unless it's Curtis, but now we know it's not Curtis because of strangulation <laughs> website. <laughs> that gave it away. So police immediately go and talk to ex-husband first, Michael. But Michael's not at home. The only person at home is that very sad blonde lady. But I kind of like her because she put the, puts the screws to him because police say, did you know Mrs. Finelli? Did you know anything about her? She goes, all I know is that it was the grandmother of his his sons, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and the cops, the cops say, how did you feel about her? She goes, I didn't know her, but he hated her. <laughs> yep. It's great. That was really good because mm-hmm. it, it gets him in trouble. Yep. So they're off looking for Michael. Heath goes in for an interview in the meantime and says he got along with Dottie for the most part, but after a few glasses of wine, she would turn into a real battle axe. Again, this language is so old-fashioned. Did he, Dennis Murphy he write this episode? He's 28 years old, and he's saying battle acts. Did Dennis Murphy write this Dennis episode? Dennis Murphy, but probably wrote this episode. Yeah. Ghostwriter. Yeah. Ghostwriter Dennis Murphy. <laughs> Bodacious Tatas, Dennis Murphy. Bodacious Tatas, and he thought that was <laughs> so out there. Oh, oh my gosh. God. Okay. So he says that Vicky... Uh, and also, I would like a T-shirt that says "Real Battle Axe" on it because I okay. feel like that's a badge of honor. Good for yeah. you, Dottie. Mm-hmm. So he said that Vicky and he had their problems, but Dottie was always fair with him. He liked Dottie, and then he points the, the cops in the direction of George, the new boyfriend. So the police go to talk to the quote-unquote dope smoker, George. 
which again, I'm still was mad about because dope means a lot of things. Right. So it's they, really irritating. They meant dope, like on Say by the Bell, when it was say nope to dope. They meant pot. Was that pot they were talking about or were they talking about methamphetamine no, on Say by the pot. Bell? Say nope to dope was when Johnny Dakota came Mm -hmm. to town, the TV star, and that was about pot because they caught him. He was smoking pot at a party, even though he was the head of the campaign for say nope to dope. Again, you know, I feel like this would have been much more serious if we had been talking about heroin, (laughs) but that's fine. So, uh, well, to be fair, 2001, 2002, it wasn't legal anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. No, that's totally true. I think we just have a different viewpoint of it now. So uh, George the stoner is talking to the police and he's still doing his thing. But he turns the police on to Curtis. <laughs> They're all just How pointing the finger at other people. But why did he know about Curtis? Because Vicky told him. Yeah, because Vicky told him. But why didn't Vicky tell the police? Oh, there was this guy she went on a date with and he was a real creeper. Kimberly, I'm sure that in real life she did, but in this storyline, we need, just like the beginning, we need to meet everyone. We yeah. need each one to lead us to the next one. Yeah, you're So right. now we're with Curtis. Curtis tells the police that he and Dorothy were seeing each other regularly, <laughs> like straight out the gate. The police say, okay, well, we thought it was just one date. And he says, well, we went to church together and then does the Michael Bluth. <laughs> so if you know what I'm talking about in Arrested Development, it's where you do your hands in the prayer gesture and you do a nod down. And it's super it's pretentious. Super pretentious and fake pious. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. So the cops say, so you've never been to her house to pick her up? And he says, uh, not yet. Wink. And then he goes, <laughs> He laughs like, heh, heh, heh. I wrote three words here. Arrest that man. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> because that is unacceptable to me. Is that unacceptable to you? That's the unacceptable. Whole thing. So Curtis, everything about Curtis is unacceptable to me. I find nothing about him acceptable. <laughs> he should just be, let's put him in the clink. He needs to be. He's a danger to himself. I don't himself care if he did it or not. I he's don't want danger. him on dating sites. I don't want him yeah. to possibly meet my mom. Exactly. I need him to go yeah. to prison. Mm-hmm. So finally, all the women the- on it's our time, it's my yeah. time, silver, s- silver singles, whatever. It's they're all in danger. Silver singles. Yeah, something like that. Do silver. they have a theme song yet? I don't know. You might want to write one. Yeah, I might want to work on that. Yeah. Okay. So I feel that's just ripe for the picking. So <laughs> Michael is finally tracked down. It's the most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen in my life. Basically, the cop tells us that he had an alibi, so they let him go. <laughs> it's nothing. It's a non-starter. It's really frustrating because I, at this point, am thinking maybe Michael. Nope. So Dottie has been missing for two days at this point, and now it's time to get serious. So we have the entrance of overacting detective number one. This guy just came from Shakespeare in the park (laughs) to do this episode. 
Are those scent dogs trained and ready for action? It is. Did you not? Did you? You need to go back and watch those scenes. It's really intense. Um, I suggest we look here at B. Lee Pond on this giant map. Between here and here, we got a rundown. He thinks he's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he's he does. moments away. Yeah. And he's loving it. But we do get scent dogs, which is exciting. So yes. we scent dogs are taking to this area where this wooded area where they think i don't know how they get to the wooded area is the confusing part for me why it's are they- literally that one detective's gut instinct no it's not he says i had to decide where we would start searching and this area is the perfect distance between her house and the main town and it's off the beaten path i thought it would be the perfect place to hide a body that's where my gut was telling me are you serious? Yeah, I think so. That must be how I missed it. Yeah. Okay, so there we are. So he's right. His gut is right. Because at Vili Pond, the dogs alert immediately on the pond. And it's really, again, anticlimactic. Because then the woman who is in charge of the set dogs points out, hey, what's that? <laughs> and there's literally a person floating. And it's really sad and upsetting. But and I'm then, like, well, why are the dogs here? Well, and then, <laughs> oh, and then it gets more upsetting because she says, are you sure that isn't a mannequin? <laughs> I'm not going to say it that me. that it shouldn't. It killed me. It killed me. Who wrote Because this? there's always mannequins floating in lakes. And nothing nefarious happens. It's not a lake. It's a pond. Sorry. It's the biggest pond I've ever seen. It's a small lake. So it there's there should not have been a mannequin there. And then, so she goes, are you sure it's not a mannequin? But like, no, whatever but they, it is, you're going to investigate, right? Or are you just going to stare really hard from the shore and go, yeah, you're right. It's probably a mannequin. Let's walk away. No, thank God. Because the other guy goes, its feet are wrinkled. How can he see that? From the shore, he can tell that the feet are wrinkled because it's been in the water. that's not true. <laughs> they had him with binoculars, but I think even with binoculars, that would be hard to see. Because he looks, he like has his binoculars up and he pulls him down and he goes, with wrinkled feet? <laughs> I, this whole scene, Aww. I'm not going to say it made a mockery of Dottie's death. We still but the, got dog the dog had no purpose. The dog was not a star at all. The dog it led all them it did to the lake, although they already were going to the lake. You already that was thought it was point. the pond. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I was very this whole. I think they just wanted dogs on set. But I then, get that. who did the dog lead them to the shovels? No. Oh, they, they just say spotted that. the shovels. He said so. Then forensic team comes in, and as they're starting to secure the scene, they see three shovels in the underbrush. And a couple of them actually have the initials HR on them. Good Lord. So somehow at this point, they figured that the construction truck had been at the murder scene. Now, I was hoping that you had figured out why we thought we assumed the truck had been there. Is it just because of the shovels? Yes, because those are his initials. They couldn't have carried the shovels? It had to be with the truck. It's a good point. You couldn't Also, have... why would a killer be so dumb to just leave the shovels out there? They were barely covered. 
Like yeah. they weren't, they were just, I think they thought they weren't going to find the body because unfortunately they had weighed her down with a rock, which is horrifically sad. Yeah. This is the but saddest thing. But they also said there was cement on the shovels. So I thought they were like doing something with cement blocks or something too. But then they said a rock. They used a rock. So that's why I was confused too. So I think they are assuming that we know what that means. Cement block on shovels i think it has something to do with those being specific construction shovels well yeah they were his construction shovels but i mean maybe the like it couldn't have been somebody else's because of these concrete things on the shovels right i mean but i think it was so close to the body and there was blood on the shovels they were like we have four witnesses and one of them has those initials it's probably our guy yeah you know it's you see what it's I'm saying. Probably not some stranger named Harriet Rheingold who did it. it. Probably was <laughs> Harriet. We see you. You got away with murder of the New York Rheingolds. <laughs> not to be confused with the Atlanta Rheingolds. Okay. So, anyways, um, Trevor is brought in to the police, and I am thinking, well, this is it because Trevor did it. I thought it was Trevor from the beginning. Me too. So because I was attracted to him and that's always a bad sign. It is a bad sign. But I thought it was him because he was doing all the weird God be with you. And like they just the moments with I was like, they're trying. Also, they saw him peering, peeping in In her house at night and or maybe that was during the day, but still. And he um, in his montage, part of the montage, he was getting a crowbar out. Why is that never explained? I think. He was going to, I think she almost died by the hands of many men and just one of them got to her first because it seemed like all of them had a really good motive. Yeah, I think you might be right. So Trevor is asked by the police to list out exactly what was in the construction truck, what was in that company truck. And he knew that there were at least three shovels in the truck at one time. So... The last time Trevor had actually seen Heath, he was at a bar the night of the murder around 6 p.m. And the next morning, they hooked up again, and they went straight to a car wash and gave the truck a full detail scrub down because, I guess Heath had said there was an oil spill, some sort of fuel leak. So Dottie's autopsy shows us that she was beaten and that the cause of death was strangulation. So it was both, which is really sad. The forensic. And also, was it Curtis? Because Curtis was looking up strangulation. I'm so disappointed that that's what he. I can't tell you how disappointed I am. I'm also disappointed that I couldn't get there. I tried really hard, but my brain can't. It couldn't. It's I hard almost to wrote read it words out. backwards. Uh, on, you're looking at them. All all messed up. A, it's a computer screen. B, mm-hmm. it's a reflection in someone's glasses. C, it's reversed. D, it is in all caps in a large childlike font. I was never going to get there. I yeah. I read Margaret. I kept seeing Margaret and I was like, Margaret? Who's Margaret? We can't. Let's just keep going. So the forensic team goes to Heath's house. They get a warrant to search Heath's house because of the shovels. And the cops are very smart right now because they arrest him on another charge, that he had something else pending, probably domestic violence. Mm. And they just need to keep eyes on him and make sure he doesn't leave town. Forensic team 
does a full detail of their own on the truck and find all sorts of stuff. They find this specific kind of mud from the crime scene and blood in the wheel wells because he didn't clean those out. It's not good. But why um, do they think it wasn't Trevor who sometimes borrowed the truck? I assumed it was both. Why are we not assuming I it was I assumed both? in this scene he was going to go. I, I didn't know why they started with Trevor. They started with Trevor about the truck. He mm-hmm. says it was Heath. We washed the car out together, but I don't know why. Then they go to Heath, and then I assumed Heath is going to throw it back to Trevor. To Trevor. To say, I didn't see my car. I lent it to Trevor. I think he did. I think we're just not hearing of it because now we're at the very end of the episode and this goes very, very fast. I was literally looking at the time code to yes. be like, if there's two more minutes, he can still blame <laughs> it on Trevor because I know I it is Trevor. No, I, it might be. We need to look this up. We need to give it a bang. So here's the deal. Um, we don't know exactly what happened because Heath has not admitted to anything. He has not confessed to this crime. We don't know what happened. We know what the police think happened he says that yeah i know those shovels were missed they went missing months ago what yeah oh there that's where they were i didn't yeah oh they were in the woods okay they were at the (laughs) pond okay so the police think that heath went over there that night to confront Dottie about telling vicky to cut ties with him so the big deal about vicky cutting ties was that Basically, he would lose the truck because I think the only way that it was getting paid for was that Vicky was doing it. Yeah, it was literally all about the truck, I think. And the truck to him represented his business. He couldn't do his business without the truck. So me being really annoyed about hearing the truck payments the whole time were actually the writers trying to tell me, hey, this is important. Chekhov's truck. Yeah. And I was my God, Chekhov's truck. Chev Chevok. I'm trying to get to Chevy. Chevy. Chevok. Okay. Anyways, so uh, he, but Heath never admits his guilt. He is convicted. He gets 25 to life, but he never. We don't know exactly what happened. If I had to guess, I would say he absolutely blamed Trevor. I would be surprised if he and Trevor were not in on this. He didn't rope Trevor into it, right? Maybe. What had Trevor been in jail for? It would have been Did helpful Trevor to know. Did Trevor have an alibi? They didn't tell us. They don't tell us. Yeah, they don't tell us. It's just like Trevor just goes away, and then we see the real Heath, who looks a lot like the reenactment Keith, kind of. Heath. Sorry. Yeah, except he didn't have the George Michael stubble. He just had the mustache part. So that's he looked a little bit more like if you combined Michael and Heath together. uh Yeah, yeah. Um, And then the facial hair confused. But we did end with a very sweet story from the pastor who says that Dottie once gave him this paperweight, which I was getting ready for it to be like a paperweight that you make at camp because those are the only paperweights that I've seen besides (laughs) ones that are like on Wall Street desks that are made of gold bars, but um. It was this really sweet little like star and it said happy trails to you and it was really nice and then he said that that's the last thing that he said at her service he goes happy trails to you Dottie and I almost started crying that I don't quite know why she gave it to the pastor but it was sweet that he maybe he had been doing maybe he'd been going on a trip or doing something or he liked that song and so 
It was really sweet. And so he's holding it in his interview. The real life pastor is holding it in his interview. It was very nice. So cute. Kind of an MVP. Yeah. Dottie was an MVP. I'm bummed that she died. She seems yeah. like she was a great lady. Yeah. Um, I would really like to know what happened here because there's very clearly more to this that we don't know. They rush through the end and I'm like, do you not know? Do they not know? If anyone knows, I'm um, going to bing it actually right after we stop. Katie's going to so, give it a bing after. I'm going to give it a bing. I really want to know. I'm just so surprised that Trevor didn't do it. But I'm also surprised that George didn't do it. And well, I'm Curtis. also very surprised that Curtis didn't do it. Strangulation for dummies. I can't believe <laughs> I cannot believe it said strangulation. I'm so upset. Yeah, so they're not going to explain that? Like, okay, the crowbar that Trevor had, maybe he was using it for some sort of job, like a construction job. But why was Curtis looking up strangulation in his montage? That's because that's a director's choice. Yeah, that was definitely a director's choice. What's funny is I thought he did a very good job. Like when he would say things like, Dottie, you've always been really fair with me. I'm sorry, ma'am. Like, and he almost seemed genuine. And then I had to remember, no, he beat up the girlfriend. So he's not a good guy. Don't no, get they, tricked by him. They did make him seem like he was kind of the better of all the guys. He, he did. Seemed... And you had to remind yourself, oh, he was the abusive one. And he's the one who said, get the cow for free. Oh, yeah, he did say cow for free. But the rest of the time, every time they went to him, he was like, I'm sorry, Dottie. You've been always been fair to me. I appreciate that. Although one time he he's shown being very angry and he's just show, throwing shovels on the ground. Oh, maybe those were the shovels he used. Oh, that's right. He was. He was like very distraught because nobody was hiring him for construction. I don't know. This is... I'm going to I'm going to look into it and I'll see if I can find out if there's anything different cuz maybe this story is just very different than what we saw. It's this always is the possible. story that I, that we saw. Yeah. That it's yeah. always possible bear that in mind. ID Network tells the story for entertainment value. And we bear are that telling that story. Yes. But it is very sad. Poor Dottie. And I hope Absolutely. that Vicky's okay. That must be hard to lose your mom like that. Especially Absolutely. if it's your ex-boyfriend. Oh. Mhm. That's a gut punch. Yeah. It's no good. Okay, everyone. Stay safe out there. Continue to wear a mask. Be kind to each other. Don't internet date. (laughs) Just because of Curtis. Don't. Just don't date, I feel like. This episode is perfect to come out right before Valentine's Day. Oh, it really is. Yeah. When love goes bad. Just love, it always goes bad. Just stay single. No, it's not true. No, you're fine. You're fine either way. It's horrible. You can't That's just that. be single and happy. Stay alive. Well, on that happy note, happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. I was never given a name. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hang on story where people follow (laughs) neighbors into the woods and there is the devil and witches rumpelstiltskin young goodman brown thank y'all i never in my life heard of that i was an english minor katie sometimes these things that i half read 
are one third read and never finished and read the cliff notes for so that I could pass the test are buried deep. Well, I learned English as a minor and was never told to read that book. (laughs) Yeah, Goodman Brown. He says goodbye to his wife, Faith, outside his house in Salem Village. And goes to meet the devil. He um, sees like all his, yeah, he's traveling in the forest and then he starts seeing people and he meets somebody who has a staff featuring a serpent on it. That's not foreshadowing something. Yeah. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I was very upset with you because you felt like somebody needed a conservatorship over Mm -hmm. there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vicky. No. Dottie. You! Trevor! I'm get not real. dating these men. I can have a crush from beyond my TV. Okay. Well. Not dating him. Okay. We'll see what happens in 2021. This is a long year. We're going to yeah. see. Wait till um, COVID goes away. See who I date. If it's Trevor, then you can talk. That's really funny. Oliver must be home because literally a parade of cats just walked by the door <laughs> to downstairs because they heard him. That's mm. very cute. So um, see, they're a little bit like dogs sometimes. That's a yeah. funny thing. <laughs>